You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Dining at Disney podcast. The Dining at Disney podcast. Your ultimate source about the wonderful world of dining at the Disneyland and Walt Disney World Resorts. If you are what you eat, then I only want to eat the good stuff. Kristen Hetzel Go and Jay Bratton are your guides on this culinary adventure. We'll prepare and serve with flair a culinary cabaret. Join them as they discuss the latest food news, expert tips, recommendations, and trip planning advice related to Disney food and dining. From quick service to fine dining, you will discover all the best restaurants and food as they hungrily explore the Disney parks. It brings folks together from all walks of life. The Dining at Disney podcast. And now, your host... Kristen Hetzel Go and Jay Bratton. It is the Dining at Disney podcast, your ultimate source about the wonderful world of dining at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. I'm Kristen. With me is Jay. How you? How have you been doing, Jay? I'm doing great. Thanks. If you had a busy, uh, busy time, stuff coming out over for the 60th anniversary. Oh uh, yeah, this the the uh, news keeps flowing out of Disneyland. It's uh, it's amazing. They are kind of trickling out the the information, little bits and pieces here and there, and just kind of making you really uh, want to attend. You know the celebration, and you know I, I I'm not going to be there on you know when they actually open it May 22nd, and I definitely won't be there on the actual birthday July 17th, but. Um, you know, I'll, I'll hit the, the parks definitely multiple times during, during you know, the, the coming up months here. I could not imagine how crazy the parks are going to be either of those days. Yeah, yeah. I would think it's going to hit capacity early, early in the day. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be red redlining the the whole way through. But um, you know, it's all right. I you know the thing about living fairly local is that uh, you know if we go to the parks and we don't get to go on any, any rides, my wife and I, then I'm okay with that. I, I'm I'm actually perfectly content. You know, just people watching, and as long as I can get my food in, it's all good. So. <laughs> I'm in the same same boat, and I'm not local though. But yeah, our most recent trip because I was there to check out the Flower and Garden Festival went on very few rides, probably not even ten in an entire yeah. week. So yeah, a little crazy, but you know, there's there's so much more to do in the parks than just shows and attractions. So okay, so let's start off with our appetizer portion. And I know you've got some food news for Disneyland. So you want to go ahead and start off with that? Absolutely. So apparently um, they are renaming the Taste Pilots Grill from uh, the Grizzly Peak Airfield area. Well, now it's going to be called Grizzly Peak uh, Airfield. It was called, um, oh my gosh. Condor Flats. (laughs) I'm sorry? What did you say? Condor Flat. Yeah, Condor Flat. Yeah, sorry. I I, I had a little brain brain fart moment. Anyways, uh, yeah, so now it's Grizzly uh, Grizzly Peak um, uh, Airfield. And um, uh, Taste Pilot's Grill is being changed over, and it's going to be called Smoke Jumper's Grill. And that will be opening actually pretty soon here, Um, maybe even by the time this podcast gets released. Who knows? Uh, March 20th is the official date um, that it's opening, and um, that should be fun. The only thing I'm little disappointed about is the fact that they didn't they don't have the ribs and you know at taste pilots grill a while you know they they actually took it off the menu a while back and i was very disappointed because that was actually my favorite ribs in the park uh and in the resort i should say and um 
you know, I was hoping that with the you know new uh, new iteration of of that part of the the uh, you know California Adventure, I figured, hey, they're going to bring back you know some more rustic dishes and you know things that that are you know favorites of of a grill. And unfortunately, they didn't. And um, you know, but at least they will have a bacon cheddar burger, uh, grilled chicken and jack sandwich, and a chili cheeseburger. So. Not overly exciting, but you know, hey, it's better than nothing, right? I mean, it, at least it's not uh, pizza slices and and um, you know, just just regular hamburgers. So that's true. It's a little bit, little bit more kicked up, and you know, that's the one nice thing that that you guys have out in Disneyland is a much wider variety of food. There's not as many places with chicken tenders, hamburgers, hot dogs, you know, your typical theme park, amusement park food. There's a lot more variety. And that's one thing I love out in Disneyland. And I think it is because it is a locals park versus the Disney World, which has people from all over the world. And uh, so you see a little bit more of that. Yeah, but, but you do you, you do have Epcot, so you know Epcot is pretty diverse, and I, that that was the one one land when uh, one, uh, one park that my wife and I went to that we actually really loved, um, just just because that's our style. You know, we like to try cuisines and just kind of kick back, relax. I mean, we're not too uh, you know big you know we're we're not big thrill seekers. You know, we're we're not out to you know ride the latest coaster, uh, late you know the latest attraction or whatever. So, anyways, yeah. So you have that. And then you also have the uh, the Flower and Garden Festival, and and then you also have the the Food and Wine Festival, which we don't have out here. So you know, there's there's you know trade offs. So yeah, true. Well, and I have one little bit of news, and it has to do with the Disney Cruise Line, and uh, Chef Arnaud Lemon. Uh, he works for uh, Chef. He's a chef. Uh, Advising chef over at Remy, which is the adult restaurant. It's, if I remember right, I believe it's $75 per adult to dine there. And it's on both the Fantasy and the Dream, so just the two big Disney cruise ships. And he has created the menu with Victoria and Albert's chef Scott Hunnell, who right now is up for uh, the James Beard Award. So that's that's pretty big. Um, so I'll tell you that these, these chefs know what's going on and they are a three-star uh he's a three-star three michelin starred chef gosh why was i having a problem saying that <laughs> yes so chef arnaud lemon is a three michelin star chef there we go but yeah, yeah he, um, people who don't know about michelin ratings three is like the top of the top i mean basically you're like a god among chefs and um so that's that's quite amazing even to get one michelin star is outstanding two is like superb i mean you're in the elite and then three is like okay yeah it's just you're i think uh the last i heard there's only 71 um three-star michelin rated chefs in the entire world so that that's quite exclusive you know quite an exclusive set of people to belong to yeah i mean these are these are the rock stars of food you know so whoever you think of as being your your a-list people for music or uh tv movies that that is what these guys are to the culinary world these these are your uh johnny depps you know so but uh yeah you can check it out just visit uh disney parks blog and they've got a behind the scenes look as he discusses how he comes up with some of his culinary creations on the disney cruise line uh for remy 
Okay, and now on to the main dish. Jay, you've got some interesting news, and we had mentioned the 60th anniversary, uh, and so I know one of your stories has to do with that. Yeah, I actually uh, um, wrote a story on on the dining at Disney.com uh, website, so you can check it out. It's about the upcorn, uh, upcoming uh, release of popcorn buckets and mugs uh, that are going to be released um, with the anniversary celebration beginning May 22nd. Now, earlier in the year, uh, at the end of January, they had actually announced a, uh, a specialty bucket that looked like uh, the Mickey ear balloons, and um, it was, uh, or Mickey head shaped balloons or what I shouldn't say Mickey ears because they're the entire head anyways regardless um I mean when I saw that back in January I was like oh heck yeah I gotta get one of those those it, my wife too and I said well which one which I think they had three colors right and I said well which one do you want and she's like all of them all of them I just you know one of each you know at least and um so that that's uh that's quite uh, amazing and then uh in the end um of February uh they announced that they were going to have the specialty Cinderella pop popcorn buckets, which also will be available at Walt Disney World um, as well. And those are shaped in the, uh, the, the, they're in the shape of the Cinderella's Royal Coach, which is really cool. I mean, that, that really, uh, you know, they're taking these buckets to a different level. And then um, just recently, actually, just a few days ago, they announced even more popcorn buckets, uh, which was the 60th anniversary uh, merchandise. And that has, um, my assumption is because all they're showing is the artwork. So I'm just thinking it's it's just going to be a standard bucket, just a you know cylindrical shape, shaped bucket. And um, uh, it'll just have the artwork surrounding the, the outside. Um, but, you know, it's really cute. I mean, you know, they, they have... Um, the uh, the, the um, uh, various uh, artworks. It, it's interesting that they're not duplicating it. It's like what what's on the popcorn buckets isn't going to be on the mugs, and vice versa. And um, the uh, um, uh, you know the the mugs. Uh, excuse me. The popcorn buckets uh, is the the one the for Disneyland is uh, with uh, Mickey and Minnie, and they're they're hanging out at the refreshment corner. And of course, you know, you got the Fab Five and Chip and Dale rocking out, and you know, in the far background, you have you know Sleeping Beauty Castle with the fireworks going off and everything. So it's it's really cute. And then the uh, the mug is um, a little more, um, I guess, I don't know. It seems like it's more like nocturnal in nature. It's because it's a, it looks like it's at nighttime, and, and the the fireworks in this uh, artwork is really it really pops out, you know. And then there's a darkened sky with with Dumbo flying around which you know i don't know if that's sort of uh you know maybe a hint that dumbo will be flying through the sky like you know they they've had in the past that would be kind of cool um and then you know they've got other various characters which you know they they go into you know alice in wonderland and and you know the uh other you know sleeping beauty of course and um they've got uh, uh you know then the fab five and and stuff like that even stitch which was kind of odd you know but yeah it's all right <laughs> uh, at uh, at the DCA at uh, the California Adventure, their their popcorn buckets is um, the the first one is going to be um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and they're in front um, 
were prominently, predominantly in front of the Carthay Circle restaurant, which is cool because, I mean, if for any of the people who are Disney historians here, you know, or know anything about the history of Disney, they know that Snow White released at the Carthay Circle Theater in Los Angeles in 1937. So it's very fitting, very appropriate that they're, you know, being displayed, uh, you know, primarily in front of that uh, location. And then on the uh, on the mugs, then they've got, uh, you know, it's a little more whimsical uh, you know it's got the fab five uh well i shouldn't say the fab five it's actually missing donald duck uh, and then, um, but they do have Ch- Chip and Dale and um, uh, Jiminy, Cricker, Jiminy Cricket and uh, Peter Pan and, and Wendy as well. So it's cool. I mean, you know, I, I like them. Am I as motivated as the, the ones that are specially shaped? Uh, kind of. I mean, I'll probably get it just for nostalgia sh- sake because, you know, it's the 60th anniversary, right? So, um, yeah, so I'll probably, I'll probably be getting one of each. That's cool. I like the things that are dated like that, that are for a specific anniversary. And I, I remember Disney World used to do a lot of like little things that were tired in that, but were, you know, always kind of different. Whereas now, you know, you always have the 2013, the 2014, the 2015, etc. Right. merchandise. And so... I'm excited to see what all this stuff looks like when I get to come, you know, in the summer. So yeah, I, when it comes to merchandise, I mean, I think, you know, they, they got, I'm not sure like when they started developing, um, you know, products that were year specific, you know, where they, they, you know, I, you know, like I have a, I have a banner actually that's from the 30th anniversary. So like 30th anniversary, 35th anniversary, you know, every five year anniversary or whatever, I'm willing to, to get something, but just because something says, you know, 2013 on it, it's like, okay, I just, I don't know. It just doesn't compel me to, to buy it. I mean, it's it's interesting, and I guess looking back in, you know, later years, perhaps it, it would be it'd be something special, but I don't know. For me, it's like, I don't really feel as compelled for, for the odd years. I think that it works. Those products work great for those who visit Disney every few years, or right, right. it's a once-in-a-lifetime event, and then they can go, look, and this year I was there and I've got this and you know yeah. 20 years later they can still drink out of that coffee mug and go gosh that was such a great trip you know D- do you remember true. when we did this very true that kind of stuff <laughs> well i guess it's time to talk about the flower and garden festival which i have a lot to talk about when it comes to that so let me get some of my information out because i've got a lot of it and uh, as many know, it started on March March 4th, which was Wednesday, and it now features 12 different booths that are, you know, scattered throughout the world showcase. It's nowhere near what you would experience during food and wine, but it's bringing a little bit of that to Flower and Garden, but it focuses on you know, locally sourced, in-season, fresh ingredients. So it makes me think with this, it's more like like a from farm to table kind of food. And let's see, where should I start? I'm looking at this little map that, that I picked up while I was there. And I shouldn't have picked up this one because it's not laid out as well. Um, let's see, Mexico. And I did try something at every single place. 
some of them I tried uh, a couple of things, but you know, after a while, you get full, and you're like, I can only eat, I, you know, I can't eat anymore. Well, yeah, they, so I think, what is it, it's small bites, right? But when you have small bites, small bites, small bites, small bites, it just it adds up quick. Yeah, I, I can un- oh, totally understand yeah. that. Anyway, sorry, so didn't mean to interrupt the, uh, there. Just, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Jardin de Fiesta, which is the one that's located in Mexico. So for those who are walking into the World Showcase, if you make a left, it's going to be the first food that you come to. And I tried their pork tacos. Uh, and it was, the meat was really tender, um, just a little bit of spice, not much. So, uh, you know, it's something that somebody who doesn't like spicy food could totally handle. Uh, let's see, where else did I go from there? Uh, Lotus House. Now, I always like the steamed buns. And I know to some people, it's a little, they, they look at it like, eh, I don't know about that. But they have, um, and it's like a steam bud sandwich. You have two different ones. One was located, um, was Japanese style. The Chinese style is over at the Lotus House. And it's like a sandwich. It's kind of kind of a flat bun. And they put, um, it was Kung Pao chicken. And I'm trying to think what all it had with it. Um, hoisin sauce was on it. It had some fresh veggies with it as well. And it was just really really good um chicken wasn't dry which you know a lot of times with things like this because they're producing so much of it chicken can be dry but it wasn't it was good then we went to florida fresh now this one has some of the same items that it's had in the past they have a watermelon salad which also has um arugula and what's the other thing that's with it i should pull up my pictures (laughs) um Let's see, arugula, balsamic vinegar is on it. Mm, that nice uh, acidity to kind of contrast the sweetness of the uh, the watermelon. Oh yeah. And then of course the arugula just kind of adds just that hint of bitterness to it, and almost kind of a peppery taste, which is awesome. Yeah, that's. I that's like great. arugula. Oh yeah, it's, it's it, yeah. Some people like, I guess you know, it depends on on your palate. You know, some people are a little bit put off by by it has kind of a sharper taste than, than standard lettuce. So that's the reason why maybe it's off putting to to some. I can't find the picture of it. Oh well, yeah, it does have a, a strong flavor. Uh, the when I really got into liking arugula was when I was in Italy. And had it there, and you can uh, you often see people drizzle it with just like a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of um, a, a little bit of balsamic vinegar, and eat it that way. And I was like, well, this is kind of nice, you know. <laughs> so it's so a little bit light, but it had that as well as they have a shrimp and grit, and it's mm. a goat cheese um, goat cheese grits with shrimp, and they were really large. Shrimp, like a lot bigger than I've seen them have in the past. Um, in the past, it was maybe like the eight to eight to ten size mm. shrimp. Wow. So it's the large big. ones. That's almost um, like a prawn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was like you know, good good size shrimp, and they had. I think there was either three or four of them. So. Oh wow. Definitely, definitely worth getting that. Um, I also did their beer flight. And uh-huh. each of those comes with comes with three ounces, I think, of beer, and they give you four different ones. Um, I'm trying to remember which one I like the best. They have uh, one's called Feast of Flowers, and it is it is definitely a floral 
beer like it like liquid flour you know like you can <laughs> try the most floral beer i've ever tried like they they did really well with nate with that that beer um my favorite was the um the blonde blonde ale that they had and that was that was good nice for it was hot the day i was there so it's real good like beer to drink nice and easy then in italy they have primavera kitchen I'm sorry, can we go and, back a second about the beer? Yeah. So now the beer uh, was tasting, you said there was a, a flight of four beers, correct? Yeah. And this was at the Mex- uh, Mexico booth? This one is Florida Fresh. Florida Fresh, okay. So it, yeah. now is is the beer made uh, like by a local brewery or is it like produced by, let's say, Anheuser, you know, whatever, I mean, you know, Bush or uh, oh, like who? Yeah, these are all uh, craft local brewery beers. Oh, okay. And I'm trying to locate that picture because I know I have a. I took a picture of it, and yeah. um, like here, I here, you, you know. In uh, California, we have, um, you know, well, obviously DCA because Disneyland, there's no drinking. Um, but, um, yeah, DCA, they have uh, Carl Strauss and um, Anaheim, Anaheim Brewing Company are the two big, uh, I guess, featured beer companies that, that are in the park. And um, so anyway, so that's why I was wondering, you know, like Anaheim Brew, you know, Anaheim Brewing Company is obviously not going to be a Disney World, or at least I wouldn't think they are. But, um, you know, I'm just wondering, you know, that's if there's... If it was something that was available nationwide or just it's specific to that, you know, Orlando area or specific to Disney World. Now, I can say that the Feast of Flowers is exclusive to the Flower and Garden Festival. Okay. The other three, I'm almost positive, are Florida local craft beers. Oh, okay. Uh, I know that... The only one I'm not sure about was the Channel Marker Red Ale, but I know that Mm -hmm. the... The other three, you know, you couldn't, you can't just get them, you know, anywhere. Um, okay, so on to Primavera Kitchen. I had the cheese manicotti, which was, I mean, it's it's manicotti. It's not something I'd be like, oh, you have to have this. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely had nice, you know, nice amount of cheese on top, filled with cheese. But it, like I said, it's manicotti. It, you know, there's many other things to try. Um the beers are always good. They have Moretti both beers, the the regular and then um, the red, the Rosas. Yeah, yeah. They had both of those available there as well. Um, let's see what else there is. Oh, the Smokehouse and the Smokehouse Barbecue and Brews. It's located in the American Pavilion, which perfectly makes sense for its location. And it is always busy. There's always a line for it. Um, but they had a pulled pork slider. Um, there was a beef brisket, burnt end hash, and that's what mm. I ended up having. Wow, um, that sounds amazing. It's it was a nice hash, very similar to something that they had for food and wine. But for food and wine, it had bacon, and this one had had beef brisket on it. And it was nice and tender and, yeah. and yummy and. You can actually watch them making the meat there because they have the smokers located next to the to the booth. Wow! So you can, That's yeah, amazing. you you can watch the the chefs out there making the uh, making the food sometimes. So I love I love me some dinner theater, man. Tell you. <laughs> One of the big things that they had last year was called Piggy Licious Bacon um, Cupcake. Oh, 
And I know a lot of people were interested in if they were going to bring it back or not, and they did. Oh, that's cool. And it's interesting. Um, it reminded me of somebody took cupcake batter, like cake batter, and put it together with cornbread. It has that that little bit of like cornbread kind of texture to it. Right, just slightly so gritty. Not, yeah, so it's not just like eating a cupcake with some bacon in it. I think it gives a little bit more of, you know, your mind can kind of wrap their, your, you know, you can kind of wrap your mind around the fact that this is not just like, oh, I'm eating a cupcake with bacon on it. So Right, right. They top it off with pretzels, but I really wish they would take candied bacon and put candied bacon bits on top. Hmm. So if Disney's listening, they can take that advice for next year. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, the, it, was also, the Disney, it was Disney chefs then. It wasn't like uh, people like outside the park that actually are displaying like a food thing. This is actually all showcase, Disney showcase chefs or cooks. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, I'm to be honest. I, I'm very unfamiliar with the Flower and Garden Festival. Um, you know, I'm not. You know, I've been to Disney World once in my life, and so you know, like when you have these festivals and things like that, I don't really kind of look into it so deeply because I'm like, well, I'm not going to go back to Disney World for a while. So, like, why, you know, why even kind of you know read about the information? And plus, from what it sounds like, it'd be like teasing myself, anyways. All that great sounding food. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so it if is. I so ask questions that are kind like, of like, you know, a noob or whatever, then then just bear with me and, then, you know, and just kind of go, go along with my, my uh, ignorance here and, and uh, hopefully, you know, it'll, you know, it, it, it'll explain to maybe some of the listeners that are more Disneyland-centric as well, so. Oh, yeah, and there's plenty of people who, you know, are going to be listening and that are locals to, you know, maybe they live in Colorado and they often go to Disneyland rather than Walt Disney World, but they're planning a trip there. You know, it gives them that kind of knowledge. Or the people who visit maybe once every five to ten years who listen to this and, you know, they're going to have questions and, you know, you're going to ask those questions that they're thinking because, like I, you know, like I said, I've been in... 22 years i've been maybe 45 times so there you go i mean it's not as much as a local but you know if you're local (laughs) you go to the park for a day i'll bet you it's a lot more than than some of the people who live there locally go as well you know so it's all good I, so you, I did a rough expert, estimate. So. Mm-hmm. I've done a rough estimate based on my number of trips and roughly what I would have like looking at it going, okay, I remember this trip was, you know, five days. And well, I know this trip was 10 days and I kind of added it all up one day and it's over a year oh, that wow. I have spent <laughs> in just Disney World, not oh, including wow. my visits to, to Disneyland, which <laughs> are now... I think I've spent 30 days at, at Disneyland now. Okay. So There you go. So tack on an extra month. <laughs> so now I just sound like a crazy person. <laughs> um, what else did I have? Oh, we did the, they do a brew, um, uh, brew sample there as well. Hmm. And theirs is a very interesting um, setup. They have a Floridian Hefeweizen. And that one I really liked. It was really light, easy to drink beer. Um, the Category 3 IPA is a very hoppy IPA. Hmm. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm not a big IPA fan. I find it to just be, it's, it's just too bitter for me. Yeah, I, you know, it depends, them, but. Yeah, it depends on the variety, you know, like, uh, like 
you know, I don't know if you have Stone Brewery out there or Stone Beer, um, but, you know, I mean, they, they're known for their IPAs and, um, you know, like their standard Stone Pale Ale and the Stone IPA, they're they're pretty good, but Stone IPA is about the highest I can tolerate. And then they have their double IPA, they have something called Ruination, and I mean, you know, then they start getting like super extreme and it just like basically sucks all the, the taste out of your mouth, you know, it's, it's that bitter. Oh. Those those IPAs always make me think of. Have you seen the beer logic thing where it says um, beer is made with hops? Hops is a plant, therefore beer is a salad. No, I haven't seen that. Okay, so that makes me think that way. You know, okay. like really hoppy beers make me think of that little meme that I've seen. Uh, okay. Uh, the most interesting of the ones that they had was a, uh, let's see, what's the exact name of it? Because I want to make sure I get it right. It is a maple bacon stout. Woo, that sounds good. Oh, it is amazing. <laughs> uh, it wasn't a heavy stout. It wasn't like Guinness, that kind mm-hmm. of heavy texture to it. Right. Uh, had more of like a lager style mm. texture with, you could tell taste the maple, but you didn't really taste the bacon. It gave it a smoky flavor instead. So it was kind of like mm. a smoky, smoky sweet beer, but not mm-hmm. too sweet. Interesting. Um, I liked it so much, I went back and actually got a glass of it. There you go. Which isn't very big. Their their servings are, you know, like a small, small cup. Like an eight-ounce cup, something like that? Even la- I think it's maybe six. Oh, wow. Okay, wow. Yeah, last year for food and wine, they decreased all the sizes of everything. Mm. And I have, uh, I actually, I think I still have them. I think I kept them. I brought home to compare them from year to year and measure out the amount of liquid and and also comparing it to cost. Like, are you paying more per ounce than you were previously? Right. Which it ended up being roughly the same amount. But I think it's to keep people who are doing drinking around the world from being completely trashed halfway through the park. Right, right. Now they can get two-thirds of the way through the park and be trashed. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But I really, I really enjoy uh, the smokehouse. You know, they have they have good. Um, well, I saw the pictures barbecue. that you posted on uh, Instagram, and I was, uh, yeah. When I, you know, the other things look great as well, but when it comes to barbecue, it's like that. That just that gets my mouth salivating. You know, I just I love me some barbecue for sure. And um, you know, when you showed those pictures, I was like, oh man, that is just amazing. And I just, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that that beer sounds really awesome too. And and I you know I'm I'm hopefully they'll they'll maybe you know have something special out here you know something similar at DCA you know I don't know we'll see. But yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look into that beer and see if it's sold anywhere other than maybe in Florida. Yeah, maybe I have to send you some money to get me a six pack to ship out to California, right? <laughs> <laughs> require a lot of bubble wrapping right yeah 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 exactly (laughs) let's see there was also um hanami and that is the one that's over in the japan pavilion they had frushi which i think is it's so cute and it's perfect for kids because it looks just like sushi but it's made of fruit so Hmm. i've had it in the past and I'm like, you know, it's okay. It's it's cute for kids, but um, you know, I like to try something a little bit more unique than that. So I went with the teriyaki curry bun, and it was one of those steam buns that's like stuffed with um, 
uh, stuffed with like chicken and had the, the teriyaki sauce and everything in it. And it was good. It was kind of like, um, trying to think of how I explained it to Al John. I think it was like if you, if you put like Indian curry and then soy sauce together, that was kind of the flavor. Mm. So it was different and interesting. I, I wouldn't say it was my favorite, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I didn't like it either. Okay. It was just, you know, those aren't two flavors you normally think of together. So, but it was, like I said, it was interesting. Uh, Taste of Marrakesh is located over by the Morocco Pavilion. And they had the harissa chicken kebabs. They brought that back from previous years and then added a falafel pocket with cucumber, tomato, salad, and tahini sauce. Hmm. And... I don't know about you, but I'm not a big falafel person. It's just so dry to me. That- I, I like it. I mean, you know, it, it sounds interesting. It's, it almost sounds like um, uh, like a gyro sandwich, but they just kind of substituted. Well, not not really, I guess. I was, I'm just trying to picture the, the flavor, you know, like the components and stuff like that. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, falafel, yes, it is, you know, definitely, you know, if they don't prepare it right, it, you know, does, you know, become very dry. Um, I like it. The flavor's good. Would it get it every day? No, but, you know, once every few months or six months or so, you know, it's okay. So, but I guess theirs was a bit dry, huh? I wasn't crazy about it. Again, like I, every time I've had falafel, it seems dry to me. Mm. Um but I also like to, I like lots of sauces too. So the tahini and what else what was the other sauce? Uh, that was the sauce that was on it, but it also had cucumbers and tomatoes and lettuce. Oh, okay. 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 I didn't know if they had like no, a tab- liked it. tabbouleh sauce or what do they call it? Tabbouleh or something like that. It's something, it's, um, some other type of thing that has, uh, the components of that. But, um, anyways, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So Algin liked it, liked it. So that's good. So well, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. He well, liked it, but he, like I said, he, also, he likes falafel. So, okay. you know, it's one of those kind of, so I let him finish it. I was like, okay, you can have it. <laughs> I had a bite. I know what it tastes like. I can talk about it. There you go. Um, uh, new this year was Bontana's Botanico and it took up, um, it t- takes up a nice little section. They've got a couple of areas in the World Showcase that, you know, there's a good bit of greenery, and it was in one of those spots. So you had plenty of seating located next to it. And uh, we tried the seafood ceviche as well as the, what else did we get? Um, oh, the white corn arepa. Hmm. So we tried both those. And the polar beer, which I've had polar beer before. My dad used to travel to South America quite a bit, mm. and he would bring me back beers. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> so that's yeah. He used to yeah. He I have a whole collection of empty beer cans, so <laughs> I collect them. Uh, okay. I get my sis when we travel overseas. To uh, I, I always tell her I will put your stuff in my my luggage. And my carry-on, if you will put the empty cans in your bag so they don't get crushed. So That's good. I have, yeah, a collection of beer cans. So I've had Polar before. It's a, it's a light beer. As uh, as far as the ceviche, I thought it was good, but it made, like, just a little bit of salt mm. to kind of bring the, bring the flavors together. Just had a little bit, was just lacking something, and I think it was salt that it was lacking. Does, the do they have, um, like, hot sauces there? 
now. Oh, uh, that's see, that's the thing. Ceviche to me, uh, or at least the ceviche I've had, um, you know, it's so it's so. Um, you know, like I guess the you know the the lime it just kind of is is pretty powerful in in the in the flavor profile, and so I love uh, tapatio sauce and tapatio with ceviche is just like money, and and like if anything, if if I was to go there and and and, and they had that ceviche, I'd be like, okay, I gotta bust out the the tapatio bottle, you know, so. <laughs> Uh, that's too bad. Yeah. Well, that's. Yeah, I guess maybe next time, then you know, just add a little salt or something, see if that kind of changes the flavor dynamics a bit and maybe improves it. Yeah. Sometimes I find that you know you don't need to be able to taste the salt, but it needs the salt to you know get those flavors to blend together. Right. Right. And I I think that's what it was missing. Uh, what else? the white corn arepa was hmm. really good. It wasn't. It wasn't dry. It was filled with um with some beef. It was tasty. I liked it. And Fleur de Lis, which is located in France, mm-hmm. we tried. Let's see, what did we try there? Um, oh, they had what, what they were calling gnocchi, but it was like a Parisian dumpling and had vegetables and mushrooms with it. So we had that, which I believe they had that last year too. And it was pretty good. I mean, little bit of cheese on there so that was nice and oh we did the ice pop which had peach and raspberry grand marnier and um it was like a frozen cocktail so ah but was it frozen salt or like kind of like a like a like a margarita or whatever like a crushed up margarita no it's frozen like an like an ice pop oh wow okay wow interesting i just because you know usually alcohol is so hard to freeze you know and with grand marnier in there i just uh, well they do it in vegas though so i guess if it's possible there it's possible anywhere I kind of thought the same thing of, you know, you can stick, you know, vodka in your freezer and it's nice and cold, but it doesn't freeze over. So right, right. it must be just enough, just enough of the, the tea in it to not be overly, um, you know, watery or anything. The only thing right. with this is if it's a really hot day, you better eat that quick. Otherwise, you're going to be wearing that that ice pop. <laughs> <laughs> True, and then also there's other methods of freezing. I mean, you know that um, you know you can use um, uh, what's that uh, stuff? Liquid nitrogen. You know uh-huh. what I mean? And, and therefore, you know, uh, liquid nitrogen has a lower freezing point, and maybe that's how they sort of develop it. And then they just have to serve it, you know, within a certain time period in order for it not to melt. You know. So, anyways, that's cool. That's awesome. And start melting while I was holding it. And it's one of those things that I don't know about you, but I'm a person who like, gets brain freaks easily. Mm. So to me, yeah. it was hard to, you know, I told Alex, I was like, my head is starting to hurt. You need to finish. I can't do this. It's <laughs> like, otherwise it's going to all be melted. Right. But yeah, it, it was, it was tasty. I would definitely have one again. I know what I forgot to mention when I was in at Hanami, we also had a strawberry sake cocktail hmm. there, and it looked, it was kind of made you think of like a smoothie, strawberry hmm. smoothie, but with a lot of sake in it. Like you could really taste the sake. So okay. I was happy about that because I hate it when I get a cocktail and you're like, is there even any alcohol in it? It's just. Right, right. So, I'm with you on that. But that was good. I, I, like, I liked it better than he liked it. He thought the sake was too strong, but. Again, personal preference. There you go. Uh, I know I'm missing one place. Um, what was the other one? Urban. Oh, Urban Eat. That was the other place that we ate at. And I'm not even seeing it on here. Um, 
Urban Eats and Pineapple Promenade. Pineapple Promenade had soft serve. It's pretty much Dole Whips, but you can okay. get two of them with alcohol. The options were, I think it was Sammy's something. What is it? Let's see. Sammy's... Um, Sammy's Beach Bar Redhead Macadamia Nut Flavored Rum, or you could get Parrot Bay Coconut Rum. Hmm. Uh, we did the spicy hot dog with pineapple chutney, and we had friends who were like, you can't put pineapple on a hot dog. That's not okay. <laughs> but the hot dog was spicy, and the pineapple went with it perfectly. So yeah. You have to like, open no, your mind. <laughs> It was good. It was good. I'm sure it sounds a little strange because when you think of hot dogs, you think more of like, you know, sausage and Germans and poles and that kind of stuff. So, but it was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. Sounds good to me. I don't, you know, but then again, I mean, you know, I'm more of the adventurous eater, obviously. That's why we're doing the show, right? (laughs) Exactly. And Urban Eats was the last place. Um, Urban Farm Eats. Urban Farm Eats. And we had the kale salad and the quinoa vegetable non-witch. They also had the ghost pepper dusted tilapia, which is returning from last year. The cool thing about Urban Farming is they have a display set up with the little tilapia fish in there and showing how they can use the water from the tilapia mm-hmm. to also water and fertilize the hmm. plant. Interesting. It's, it's interesting, but it's also funny when kids realize what that is and the comments that children make. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing a little kid. It's like, Mommy, they're using plant water. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, children! Yeah. Uh, but both both the kale salad and, and the quinoa non-witch are vegetarian friendly, and I liked both of them. You know, yeah. the kale salad had um, had some slivered almonds on it. There was I need to pull up the picture so I can make sure I've got all of it right. Yeah. Um, where is it? Oh, yeah. but there's not a way we could show the show the uh, the pictures. You know, when we're talking about it, you know, because that'd be kind of cool for uh, for the people who are actually watching the the. Uh, I know screen. the only way we can do it is like holding up my my phone, which doesn't there really give the best image. Oh, they, you know, that's actually pretty decent. Do you have an iPad? Maybe do do an iPad. That's actually a great idea for future shows. I'm gonna make sure to put my my photos and on my iPad, and then I'll just be like, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, dried has dried cherries and goat cheese, mm. and that's good. It's very similar to the salad that they serve in um, Sunshine Seasons, which is up in Future World in in Living with the Land Pavilion. They have a salad very similar. Um, the quinoa had cheese. There is like a roasted tomato on it, and would appear to be like a uh, pesto on top of the non, which was or on top of the quinoa, which was on top of the non. So that's hmm. that one. If you can see it, yes. So. But yeah, everything was yummy. Oh, what, uh, when we got the pineapple, we also tried the Twining's uh, iced tea cocktail. Mm. And that was really good. It was like peachy and raspberry with a sugarcane vodka. So, so it good. sounds like you had uh, sort of a, a mix of wine, beer, and uh, hard alcohol there during the day. Uh, how'd you feel? <laughs> I bet you, you felt pretty good, right? Do you so, know what? I was. <laughs> And um, Alton and I shared everything because that way you can experience more. If it was, 
just me, I'd be in so much trouble. <laughs> I I would have to weigh I would weigh a lot more than I than I do if uh, if I ate that way. I don't have the room in my stomach for that much food. Even though for for my size, I do eat an awful lot of food, but it would be it would be too much to do all of that in in a day. Yeah. And that's well, I was just I was just talking about the alcohol part of it, but you you pointed out already that the serving sizes were relatively small, and I'm sure that you know when I mean the Grand Marnier, uh, you know, popsicle or whatever. I mean, I'm sure it's got a pretty low alcohol content, and you know, the same with the sake. I mean, sake in itself is you know not not very high. It's what twelve percent, and so I mean, if you cut it down with you know like the smoothie stuff, then you know you're looking at you know maybe what two three percent something like that. So. Anyways, so that's what I was just like kind of uh, commenting about or whatever to see how you felt after all that alcohol. And, but you know, you're walking around, so you're burning off a lot of, you know, calories. And, you know, when, especially if it was a hot day or whatever, it just kind of, you know, it doesn't really hit you as, as much as, you know, it normally would, I think. But it, uh, yeah, I couldn't really tell. I had been drinking much because like I said I was sharing all of it with Al John if right. I had been drinking all of it myself I possibly I mean we didn't when you look at it it sounds like a lot but over a whole day right considering you know people go to sporting events and they'll have three of those big beers and I also do well with with alcohol I can drink a full like liter of beer and and still be able to walk a straight line. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> know good. what that says. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so um, on this uh, garden, flower and garden thing here, um, so they have a booth set up, but it's not necessarily specific to each pavilion. It's it's like just basically random booths. It just happens to be like there's one uh, in you know the Japan you know pavilion, and then there's one in Mexico, and then there's one in France. But I'm just you know, I was just wondering about like Canada and uh, the UK, right? I mean, I'm just you know, were there specialty booths there, or, or like what you mentioned the, the last one with the uh, the fish poop place? I mean, is, did they have uh, you know? I mean, was that representative of Canada or something, or just kind of was just a random you know showcase? That one was, I, I guess you would put it as like a random showcase. It's actually not located. Um, it's located before you get in to yeah. to actually one of the countries. It's right before before Canada, and it's in okay. a big greenery area that you can take. There's like a little path that goes um, from the World Showcase over to um, the uh, Journey into Imagination and Living with the Land, and, and that that little area. And that's where that walkway goes. It okay. normally has a whole bunch of beautiful roses, but across from that, there's like the green open area, and that's where they put it. I see. Cool. So, yeah, like I mean, time. a lot of these, a lot of these, yeah, are placed with the country that it kind of represents. But as you also said, there's some that don't really fit anywhere, and so yeah. they're just kind of you know randomly placed. Um, there's a nice. This? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. There's a nice something. Oh, there's a there's like a nice open area where during food and wine they always have like the German food and it's mm-hmm. between the China Pavilion and the Germany Pavilion and like that's where they set up Florida Fresh and plenty of seating you know um, picnic tables and things like that so it's okay. I like it when they have those displays because there's a lot of seating right there you're not like wandering around going do I have to eat over a trash can right that's good yeah that's important. 
for sure. So how long does this Flower and Garden Festival deal go on? I mean, what's like, is it a one week thing or two weeks or a month or? It will go until March 17th. Okay. And when did it start? March 4th, May 17th. Sorry, March 4th, May 17th. Oh, so, so wow. So if like people two are and a half months. Yeah. I think 75 days. Wow. Wow. And this overlaps, the last weekend of this overlaps with the start of Star Wars weekends. So people could actually go and, and do two special events over one weekend. There you go. Which I think is kind of cool that they do that. Um, yeah. Oh, another new thing that they added this year was on the weekend. So Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at 3 o'clock at the Port of Entry, which is right as people walk into World Showcase, they're uh-huh. doing culinary demonstrations there as well. And oh, those are cool. free. And they're just, yeah. They used to do those during uh, Food and Wine that were out along the World, uh, the world Showcase. Mm-hmm. But they stopped doing those a few years ago and then... The ones that they hold in the festival center, they charge for. But hmm. I think that's cool. On the weekends, they also have bands. So last weekend, we saw um, Gin Blossoms. So that okay. was cool. They kicked off the first one. Awesome. Sounds like they a played great time. They played their hit, so that was cool. Yeah, I'm now, glad they the, changed uh, it now. Now, is it, is it uh, um, like, does this run, like, morning till night? Or, like, is it uh, just, like, lunch and dinner? Or, like, what what are the hours that they have these uh, food booths open? They open at 11 when the World Showcase does. And okay. they go till park closing. Oh, okay. So, normally, so, it's going to be, yeah, like, 11 to 9 normally. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. Well, it sounds like you had a good time, so you're going back next week, right? I wish. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, we got to easier to accomplish in, in a day and try anything for a festival where I'm like, okay, who can join me at the park? Who wants to, who wants to join us? So that way, the more people you have, the more stuff you can take. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. And See. get pictures of, so. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's pretty much everything I've got when it comes to the outdoor kitchens at the Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival. Cool. That sounds good. That was that was quite quite a uh, a meal there. <laughs> so yes. uh, we'll go now on. Are you ready for a little dessert? Yes, I am ready for dessert. How about you? Absolutely. And so I think our our discussion is going to be a. Reservation dining tip. So I'll let you cover your Disneyland dining tip. Sure. Well, everybody knows you can make reservations at Disneyland. I mean, that's a given. Um, however, in last year, they actually brought their reservation system uh, up to par with the uh, modern age. And, and um, you know, you can do dining reservations online. Which is great, and and I've I've booked uh, dining reservations through the Disneyland website, and uh, it's all well and good. Um, but actually, the my tip is uh, besides going online, you can still call the number, which is a seven one four seven eight one dine d i n e. I don't know what the numbers are on the phone. I just I you know I have it on speed dial, so whatever. Anyways, but I know it's seven one four seven eight one dine. Um, the the difference is okay. So let's say uh you know you're you're allergic to a certain food or whatever. They have 
have actually options that you can you can input online uh, or let's say you have somebody who's um, you know in a wheelchair and can't really traverse you know a mm-hmm. certain area or whatever then they'll make accommodations for that which you can do either way you know online or you know by phone however the difference uh, with calling on the phone is uh, you can actually tell the people the cast member who answers the line about a special occasion so let's say you're going for you know somebody's birthday right and it's just like okay you want to kind of the the person doesn't want to be like all you know well you know I don't want to make a big deal about it or whatever and so you can tell them that it's like okay you know just uh, we're celebrating my friend's birthday but you know they don't like a big you know noisy thing or whatever so they'll go you know make sure it's low-key and and everything I mean yes you can do it at the restaurant itself but at the same time you don't have to worry about like you know pulling your waiter aside and and whispering in his ear or her ear and, and just saying hey you know it's my friend's birthday or you know or we're celebrating an anniversary or what have you you can actually just tell the the cast member on the phone hey this is what's going on and you know can you make sure to to let the restaurant know so it really uh, i think is an advantage over the online reservation system at this point um who knows i mean when when they sort of evolve the res- online reservation system you can input special requests in terms of you know you're celebrating something or you know you have a certain situation or whatever that you want them to be aware of so that's my tip and I'm going to talk about making reservations over at Walt Disney World. And there, of course, they're, they're, they work a little bit differently than at Disneyland. And they have... Yes. Like, Sorry, 60 days in advance for Disneyland, because that's important, because over there at Disney World, you guys get a whole six months, man, <laughs> which is kind of I cool. know. Yeah, I didn't want to kind of cut you off there, but I just want to make sure it was important that make sure you book 60 days in advance, and if your plans change or whatever, then, then you can always have time to, you know, make adjustments accordingly. But uh, yeah, at Disney World, it's, you know, you definitely got to be on that 180-day mark. But uh, anyways, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> Because <laughs> that, yeah, that that's important. Um, at Disney World, they're called advanced dining reservations. Often people refer to them as ADRs. So if you hear ADRs, that's what people are talking about. Um, it is highly recommended. Um, it can be very difficult and at times impossible to get into some of the restaurants at certain times of the year. Um, guests can start making them up to 180 days prior to arrival. For guests who are staying at a Walt Disney World Resort, you can book them for that day plus nine. So you've got the first 10 days of your, of your stay, you can book, which is very important for restaurants like Be Our Guest, La Cellier, Cinderella's, uh, Cinderella's Royal Table. Those go quickly, and um, especially right now, Be Our Guest. I mean, that place is such like such the place to be it is so hot and so hard to get um that soon as you know you're going if it's past 180 days you need to start getting online and check in probably every day to see if it's available um and uh, reservations can be made two different ways ahead of time and that's you can make them online um and disney did roll out their online system for disney world of a few years prior to doing it for Disneyland. So I think it was, if we can make it work here with all of the the issues we could have, that it's going to work over in Disneyland. Um, you can also do it by calling 407-WDW-DINE. So yeah, Disney likes the word DINE for its phone number. Um, 
guests who are already on property can either visit the concierge desk at their resort you can go to guest relations in the park or in downtown disney as well as visit the podium of the at the restaurant and see if they have any availability um if you have something in mind like oh you know it's sunday now and on thursday we want to go eat it at you know la hacienda and, you know, you can check and they can try and book that for you if you don't feel like calling or going online. Um, there's also the My Disney Experience app and you can book things that way as well and cancel out your dining reservations. That is a very, very handy tool for people who have smartphones, which is most people, but not everybody. Like my dad hasn't moved into the century yet. He still doesn't have a cell phone. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for him, that, that option is not a viable one, but yeah, the, the app is, is really nice. Um, it will ask you for select, uh, like the dinner shows. It's going to ask you to prepay for those. If you're using the dining plan, you can um, you can still apply that to those. It will also ask you for a credit card for all reservations. Uh, Disney World was having a big problem at one point with people doing multiple bookings. So somebody would book, say, La Cellier because they could get it for 7 o'clock. And then at eight o'clock, they would have booked another restaurant, but they would have taken up multiple reservations and they were having issues with no shows. And I went to La Cellier once and it was, it was half empty because people had overbooked hoping that, well, if I want it this night, I have it. Right. And it was screwing other people out of being able to get those reservations that they really wanted and, and truly enjoying the, the dining that is offered. And they implemented the no-show policy that you put a credit card guarantee down. You had 24 hours prior to to cancel it. If you did not cancel in advance or you did not show up, there is a $10 per person fee, right. which I like. I think that's I think that's a good idea, and it's cut down on that to where when you go, the restaurants do have people in them. You're not experiencing that situation, um, which has made it to where it's easier to get into Le Cellier or Cinderella's than it used to be. Yeah, uh, they have the same policy here at Disneyland as well. So that's actually an important point that, you know, if you are making plans and just make sure that you know well in advance that your plans are going to change because, you know, 10 bucks is 10 bucks. You know, I mean, that could be, you know, the, the corn dog and, and soda, right? <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. So anyways, but um, yeah, that's important. So I'm sorry I didn't mean uh, to cut you off again. I just wanted. To oh kind of no 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 no. So. Um, but yeah, just like you had mentioned, the ability to note um, on their special dining uh, information, whether it's um, you need wheelchair accessibility, or you are um, diabetic, you have a, a gluten intolerance. All of those can be noted online um, or on the app as well to make your your dining a little bit easier, as well as the I'm you know we're celebrating our anniversary or. We are, you know, it's a birthday celebration and they do a really good job of, you know, acknowledging those things. And Disney doesn't go over the top. It's not like going to O'Charlie's or, you know, one of those other places where everybody comes out and they all sing to you and, you know. Happy birthday to you. Hey, happy birthday to you. Hey, happy birthday to you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's a new <laughs> That happened to us on, on the. They don't do the most embarrassing thing. It happened to me on the on the cruise ship, right? And it, it was like it was for uh, 
for the anniversary, I think it was like, happy anniversary to you. I'm like, for real? You guys are actually doing this here? I mean, this is not Chili's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, this is supposed to be fine dining on the cruise ship, you know? I, I kind of <laughs> ruined the experience for me. Anyways, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of that either. And, and Disney does a good thing of not, you know, not doing that stuff. So. Yeah, not going over the top like that, yeah. Cool. So... Yeah, that's that's all I can think of when it comes to making reservations. I think we both covered everything about Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Absolutely. Is there anything else you have to I mention? Think, no, I think we're, we're good to go. Okay. So make sure, Jay, where can they check you out? Uh, well, they can check me out at Magical Food Tour on Twitter. Uh, they can also go MagicalFoodTour.com. Uh, any of the Pinterest, Instagram, the etc., etc., Facebook. It's all it's all Magical Food Tour. So just you can check it out there. As for myself, you can find me at Dining at Disney. It's also Dining at Disney on Twitter, Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, on YouTube. It is the Dining at Disney, and of course, you can watch our video version of this podcast for those who who want to visually see it and take a look at some of those um a couple of those images i showed uh other than that make sure you look for dining at disney on itunes and you can download it there our, our show is free of course so learn all your disney stuff so uh until next time oh phone number i forgot we have a phone number um, Yay. You can call us, guys, with questions. You can make comments, share your dining stories uh, with us. We are always excited to hear from people. So our phone number is going to be 614-992-DADP, which is 3237. So, yeah, and we'll have that in the show notes of where you can get in touch with us. And so, okay. Well, until next time, I'm Kristen, and with me is Jay. And bon appetit. Do you hear that? Hear what? I'm receiving some sort of transmission. Routed through the main system. Routing. Looking to take a Disney vacation or cruise? Contact Kristen of MagicalJourneysVacations.com. Magical Journeys is an authorized Disney vacation planner. Kristen will get you the best price available and continue to search for deals until the day you travel, taking the worry out of planning your fantastic vacation. Kristen can help plan your dining reservations and answer any questions you may have. She'll even send you maps from the parks. So contact Kristen of Magical Journeys for your next cruise or Disney vacation, and you'll be supporting WDW Tiki Room. Contact Kristen of Magical Journeys at MagicalJourneysVacations.com. And Mention Sorcerer Radio. So what are you waiting for? Book today at MagicalJourneysVacations.com. Wow, that sounds great. I want to go. Well, you can't. Why not? Because we have to stay at our posts and keep rebel scum like him out. Book today at MagicalJourneysVacations.com.